Secrets of Internet Marketing. My name is Chris Burns, owner of eWebStyle. I'm Charles Lewis, your internet marketing specialist. Mel- welcome, welcome back, <laughs> welcome whack to another fun-filled edition of the SEO Podcast. This is podcast number 253. This is the best SEO podcast on, on iTunes, uh, on the known planet, on your device, on my device. On the internet. Everywhere. We are broadcasting live from Houston. And as always, we have a tip from our previous podcast. And that tip is, observe the click patterns of your visitors to determine places for improvement. What does that even mean? Yeah. Right? So what that means is when you say observe the click patterns, th- this requires some some knowledge of analytics. Right. right. You log into Google Analytics, you can see how people landed on the site, right. what page they went to after that, how long they was there, where did they drop off at. And maybe they're just dropping off on the same page that you really need them to convert on. Right. Figure out why. Right. What's wrong with that page? How could that page be improved? Maybe the CTA could be more prominent. Maybe your form's too long. Maybe the content's not relevant. Maybe it just sucks. Uh, but either way, looking at those click patterns, you can figure out where your drop-off is and then make the improvement on that particular page. Yeah. Maybe the maybe it's dropping off even before it gets to the page where you need them to take exactly. a specific action. I don't know, because your web guy deleted the link. and sometimes that's you no one to blame Mm -hmm. but yourself and and by the way there is no one to blame but yourself if you're not looking at those patterns exactly please remember we are your friendly local neighborhood top Top position position snatchers where our mantra is don't be a douche if you have a device do what chuck's doing tweet now and what should they tweet you should tweet this that's right behind us hashtag seo podcast this is number 253 be sure to tag us in it at eweb at best seo podcast that way we can follow you back and do all of our social networking stuff if this is the first podcast of ours that you've listened to welcome thank you for checking us out appreciate you we're gonna get through the potatoes here pretty soon and get right to the if this is more than the first podcast, if you've listened to us before, we're going to ask you to do one of three things. Uh, the first one has three steps. Go on to iTunes, create an account, and write, write a, a review. review. Hopefully that review will be five stars. And uh, if you do write a review, you can send us an email, podcast at e-webstyle.com. Let us know you wrote that review. We'll find it, track it down. If you're in a different country, it's hard to find. We'll get to it, yeah. and we'll read it on air. Next, you can go to our G Plus local page. If you are an SEOer, then you know there is value in a G Plus local review. So we've made it really easy to get to our G Plus local page. All you have to do is go to e-webstyle.com slash Google Plus. Or slash Google Plus. Or slash G Plus. Or slash G Plus. All of those will take you to our G Plus local page. Yes. We ask you to do three things on that page. When those three things page, are? Just do these real things for us, three, three of them. It won't take you long. First off, uh, leave us the review. That's like far, by far the most important thing to do. Leave us that review. Hopefully it's five stars. Five stars. Um, after that. Put us in a circle, give us a plus one. We so appreciate it. Please, thank you. Next, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eWebStyle. And on that page, you'll find a place to write a review. Mm-hmm. Write us a review there. A review. And if you've got something else, you got a question, a burning a question, desire, you want to understand comment, something, hit us up. There. That's a great place to right do Right there it. on Facebook. We'll get that answered on air. And finally, we've got uh, uh, stitcher.com slash SEO internet marketing podcast, the best of everything. If you if you just type that in Google, somehow you'll get to our page, and there you will find I want somebody to try this. Yeah. Try this. In the Google search bar, right, stitcher.com 
space. If you put Stitcher.com space in your address bar, yep. Google is going to automatically search Stitcher.com for whatever your next statement is. So do this. Stitcher.com space hashtag SEO podcast and see what you come up with. Yeah, I haven't even tried that. I just thought of that literally. It'll it'll probably, yeah, it'll probably work. You probably end up on ours. Then you can, if it's on a particular podcast, you may have to back out to get to write a, re- a review for the podcast in general uh, for the series. Or you may just to click a button, add review now. And you do do that from your web browser. Mm-hmm. You don't do that from within from the, the app. app. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can haunt us, stalk us, follow us. We like to make it easy. Facebook.com slash eWebStyle. Twitter.com slash eWebStyle. YouTube.com slash eWebStyle. And Instagram.com slash eWebStyle. eWebStyle. Is that a surprise? No, it's not a surprise. It's actually exactly what you were expecting. If you are a (laughs) PHP expert, a WordPress extraordinaire guy, what you should do, and you want to work with us, then... Yeah, WordPress experts. Like, Like, real talk. Like, you know, PHP, WordPress, uh, what's the lab view? We're looking for, you know, somebody special. You, you, uh, if you're the bomb, give us a call. 713-510-7846. Submit an audio resume. If you have a customer who is an SEO customer and you send them to us and they're the good kind of customer that pays their bill, we will pay you. There is a referral program. You can find that at the bottom of our page. Free website analysis. Go to our website. You can get a free website analysis. That is all the advertising you have to do right now. Now it is time for our uh, algorithm cataclysm. Favorites, man, that yeah. the graphic is getting better. You guys really should check <laughs> out the, the tune the in video. and watch live because I mean, you, you first off, you get to see us, yeah, right? and then you get to miss our special effects. Uh, so dig this algo cap, all right? So, got a couple new things. Uh, both of these, both of these are Google related. Um, so I'm putting them in a the cataclysm because they do affect the way you search, okay? All right, Makes so sense. this first one, uh, they Google actually rolled out an improvement, more of an upgrade to their conversational search. Okay. Right? And so if we, you know, we talked about this a few podcasts ago and this uh, uh, this hasn't been our first time discussing right. conversational search, especially with Google uh, improving their voice apps and things like that. Right. You want to be optimizing your site the way people speak. Right. Because from a mobile device, if somebody grabs their phone right. and they hit their Google app because this update is only works in the Google search app and... Um, Let's say they search. They say something like, "What store is closest to my hotel? Right. What shoe store is closest to my hotel?" The upgrade will automatically index your Gmail, and if you have your hotel listed, it will know that and show you the results for your question. Wow! Based off your email. Wow! That's pretty cool. Same thing with bills. Okay. If you okay. have a, if you got a Comcast when, when statement, when is my next bill due? Google, when is my next bill due? It, it will pull that data from the last email that Comcast or TXU or whoever your vendor is, whatever right. they sent you, is going to pull that information wow. and, and, and display it on your screen. Yeah, conversational search uh, upgrade. So, pretty cool. Now, the key to this, the takeaway is if you're a local business, brick and mortar, like a shoe store, restaurant, or anywhere else that people can actually come and search for, it's in your best interest to A, make sure your local place page is verified because that's the only way Google's going to even d- put you in the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, place page has to be verified. And two, on your website, make sure that you're using some structured data markup for your address. And so that way they can index it faster, they can find it faster, it's the same as on your G Plus page, and you increase your likelihood of being 
listed when somebody asks their Google search app right. what store is closest to my hotel or what store is closest to me where I'm at right now, which in that case your GPS will activate and it'll tell you. So uh, conversational search, pretty cool. That and the second cool. one, um, the Google Answer Box. You've okay. probably been seeing that a lot more lately. Right. What is the Google Answer Box? That's yeah. the look he just had on his face. Yeah. Uh, so the Google Answer Box is that box that pops up at the top of the search results when you search for something that they have an answer for, and which is kind of good. It's a great user experience. So, for example, if you was to go and search, what is the Google Answer Box? Right. Right. You would normally get a probably first link would be a Google explanation to some blog of theirs. Right. Second one would probably be Wikipedia. Right. right? Instead, now there's a black box, well, a dark shaded box above the search results with an answer. Right. Definition, a time, a movie, an artist, whatever it is that you're searching for, that answer will likely now show up. There's a matter of fact, the stat was there's a 44% chance wow. that that answer will show up in a Google answer box. Wow, cool. So, from a user perspective, that's awesome. I don't even have to click a result. Here's my answer right here. I just got to read it, yeah. From an SEO perspective, it kind of sucks because now that click doesn't have to happen. Right. Right? And so they're, they're not going to your site. Google answered it for them. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's our algorithm. We're going to have to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. All right, so I've got a little bit of uh, I've got a little bit of news. Just I thought this news. was this was pretty cool. Uh, Google was hit with a hundred and forty four thousand right to be forgotten yeah. requests in Europe. That was the EU, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Facebook, yeah, so a lot of people like man, yeah, don't want to be don't, forgotten. Don't, 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 it's ironic how many people don't want to be shown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, or at least that particular piece of information, mm-hmm. right? Um, Facebook Messenger. Remember when it split off and it was a separate download and you had to get it? There was actually a, a logic behind it. There, the messaging app is working a significant... I, I, it didn't have a specific stat. It's working a lot faster than it was working inside the Facebook app. Yeah, because it's separated. Well, and they're using a new technology. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. They were already using that technology to kind of communicate between servers within mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, now they started using that, and it's called a Thrift, was what they're calling. I uninstalled it. Yeah, I was using it. It's extremely convenient. Makes oh, it I easy love to the navigate. Little circles. They're I annoying. love it and hate it. And, yeah, exactly. they're annoying as hell, and I love them. Right? Because they're like, okay, I need to respond to that, or yeah. I don't need to respond to that. But I just, I just uninstalled it because I didn't. I thought the privacy policy and, and the data that they gather was way too vague. Right. On how they put it out there, right. and, I was, and it was, it was new and felt like it was susceptible to hacks. Right. And I was like, uh, uninstall. Uninstall. Note to everybody: if you need to, don't Facebook message me if you want me to respond immediately. Quickly. Yeah. Text me. Yep. Yeah. The Facebook messaging is good enough, right? You get to it later. That that'll work. Uh, Marriott, this was interesting because I just went to a conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and Marriott, Marriott Hotels was fined $600,000. Oh, for the jamming the signals? Because they were jamming Wi-Fi signals. So so you show up and you've got a little hotspot. Mm-hmm. Marriott's jamming the hotspot. To force so you, you can't to log share on to theirs. So you got to purchase their overpriced Wi-Fi. By the way, it was like $100 a day at the conference I was at. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Per device. Wow. It was just insane. Yeah, that, especially when if you weren't at a conference and you were just checking in for a night, it would be like nine ninety five. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Uh let's see. No, Marriott's You're about to be free. No, 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 it would have been yeah, nine ninety five. It's crazy. You go to 
You go to Motel 6, you it's get free. free Wi-Fi. You go to the Marriott, you got to pay 10 bucks a night. You go to the Marriott for a conference. It's you got to pay $100 for the booth. It's crazy. Um, I just jotted down 3D printing because I think 3, 3D printing is doing a whole lot of cool stuff. I think, is it FedEx or UPS is going to start having 3D printers in their in their um, mm. stores? And I read an article. I just saw a picture of a, a, a 3D printed part that NASA used in one of their jet engines. Man. They just printed a 3D part, and then I heard, and I was looking that up because I saw they're gonna print a an entire spaceship, and send it up. How there. big does the printer have to be to do that? Well, it's got to be as big as that the platform, space. or you can yeah big it's, print it's pieces be as of wide. it and then yeah. put it together. Yeah, just think scaffolding, lots yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, um, very cool stuff, though. I yeah, think we're going to... So. And, and they're also talking about uh, 3D printing in uh, zero-gravity areas. So imagine you're in the space station. You're like, hmm, my coffee maker stopped working because the nozzle's broken. Well, print me a new <laughs> nozzle. <laughs> print up a new, new nozzle. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, I could dig it. Kind of makes a change to Apollo 13. All right, we have one review. This is from Brian Hare, and it is five stars. It says, the eWeb Style podcast is hands down the best SEO podcast on the planet. These guys have consistently been giving top quality content since 2009. 253. He's probably Woo. pretty accurate. As a recent binge listener, it's been like looking at an SEO version of one of those cross sections of Earth. It's amazing how SEO has evolved, and this podcast has consistently been on the leading edge of that evolution. Yeah, yeah. I am uh, relatively novice. Evolution. Yeah, I'm yeah. relatively novice that's, at SEO. That's tweet worthy. <laughs> but with each listen, I pick up valuable nuggets to help me grow. ThreeDayRespawn.com, which is a video gaming community website that I help admin. ThreeDayRespawn.com. Yep. Keep up the good work, guys. And as one commenter a few months ago said, and I'll echo it, echo it, if you guys ever make it to Pittsburgh, I'll buy you a Primanti Brothers sandwich. Primanti Brothers sandwich. Primanti Brothers sandwich. I won't buy you an Iron City beer because it's actually river water. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I that, like river water. I'm not sure our review is the appropriate place to be slamming uh, Iron City beer. I like it, but I'm not sure it's the right place. <laughs> but we've got lots of fine local craft beers uh, that will treat you much better. Uh, that's from Brian Hare. And that quote was, uh, what was the one that you're looking for? Leading edge yeah. of evolution. Has been consistently on the leading edge of that evolution. Man, Brian Ayer, punch, punch in the, in the face, face. You do appreciate Thank it. Thank you for the five star mm -hmm. review. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll check out that uh, three dayrespawn.com, uh, uh, some sort of gaming site. So cool. And that is the potatoes of our podcast. Well, it's, hold on, oh, wait, we no, got, we got a couple we got, potatoes. Uh, All right. Yeah, so I wanted to give a punch in the face to HubSpot. Okay, HubSpot, Punching yeah. The HubSpot, man, they ipo <laughs> this week, man. They came out at 125 They closed at $917 million. Evaluation, wow. Dude, like, that's I'll some, let your boy. That's some dollars. <laughs> for real, for real. So, so punching the face to you guys. You know that was because of the video you did for them. Yeah, right? I know was, the, the inbound marketing like, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I deserve some. By the way, Google SEO rapper inbound marketing. You'll know Check what we're talking out. about. Um, so, got a couple punches in the face. Uh, this one goes to Mobile Cuisine. She's <laughs> at Mobile Cuisine. Hit us up on Twitter. They said they love the at EWF Style podcast, guys. Five stars. Woo. Keep up the great work. We'll be reaching out for a site audit soon. 
Hit cool. us up. Yeah. We'll take care of you. Um, this punch in the face goes to Jim Cutler. He's at What's Cooking Jim. He says, um, at the web style, punch in the face, nice podcast, hashtag SEO podcast 249. So he's catching yeah. up. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's up, man. We want to get into those questions. Yeah, let's get to those questions. I don't know. Are we? You're, you're, hopefully your content's a little... Yeah, yeah, we, we got good content. I already got two questions. Got two questions. Um, so this one came from um, Lance. Lance emailed us at podcast at e-webstyle.com. And he says... Um, well, he sent me a chart from Moz, right? And basically, the chart is telling him that he realized he has four versions four. of his site, EVS7. Uh, what is the problem causing this and how should we fix it? Four versions. He has... Well, uh, so, so the problem... Is that you off, have four versions. Yes, you've got four <laughs> versions and you didn't realize it because yeah. it's how, how Google attacks it. But go ahead and, and list those versions. Yeah, so he has HTTP, www. Um, uh, evs7.com slash index.php right then he has a uh, http www.evs7.com right um, then he has http no www evs7.com slash index.php right and then http slash slash evs7.com no www no index lance Thank you for submitting your question. We really appreciate it. This is actually a pretty easy one. Yeah, straightforward. Um, you just really need to. So, so based off of the page authority that Moss has shown you, the www.evs7.com um, has the most authority. Right. And that would frankly be the one I would recommend yep. anyway. So you take that domain name, make that your primary, make that your default. I don't know who your domain host is, if it's GoDaddy or whoever, but access your, uh, your HT access file right. and do some 301 redirects for all these other ones to the main one. Make sure they go to the main one. Make so, sure they go to the main one. Yep. And 301 redirect those. The reason you want to 301 those is so any links to those, because they do have some authority. Some of them have 41 links. Others have 54 links. Um, you want to, you don't want to lose that link juice. And so you want to redirect those to the main one. Yeah. So that way, once you do that, then you resubmit. This report should look totally different. It should have one domain name listed. Yep. Done. Good luck with that. Let us know how that works. 301 redirect. Don't you read that? All right, next question is a little more challenging. This is from Peter, businessexpressaccounting.com. Hi, guys. I love listening to your podcast. I gave you a plus one and a review on G Plus over a month ago. Appreciate I haven't heard it. my name on air yet. Always looking for the same fame. Hmm. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. So, to get your attention, here's a curly question. Two, really, I'd appreciate your feedback. I run an accounting business. I have a practice in New Zealand, and I'm starting one in Canada. And I do zero. That's X-E-R-O, online accounting software consulting for people all over the world. Right now, I'm planning on having three separate websites, .nz, New Zealand, .ca, Canada, and .com. Mm -hmm. Sites are not up yet, just the NZ, really. Is this the best approach, or should I look at, at a combined site? Further, some blog articles are only relevant to New Zealand, NZ, some only to Canada, and some are universal. I don't want the Canadian ones visible to the NZ blog view and vice versa. If I run a separate blog on each of the sites but duplicate the relevant content that will expose me to SEO issues, will that expose me to SEO issues with Google treating the content as duplicate? Many thanks for your podcast and for your response. This is a great question. Phenomenal question. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, let's clear up some, some addresses. First off, both of them are great questions. This one's a little more challenging. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. a little bit more advanced question. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's clear up some dupe content 
issues first. Right. First off, there is a such thing as dupe content, and you're right. Google may indeed see some sort of issue with two separate sites on two separate domain names having identical content. Right. Luckily, you're in two different areas. And so while the Canada content may be a duplicate of what the New Zealand content, that content is still relevant to Canada. And so any searches in Canada, your content, if it's optimized well and it's relevant and it's, you know, good content, then you should still rank even if it is Duplicate content because it's on another domain in a whole other country. Remember, the premise about duplicate content is it's not a penalty. Yeah. It's just putting the main version, the original one, uh, more prominently and the other ones in the supplemental. And, exactly. And, so and I, that's really for a specific search result yep, page. Exactly. So if this was for the .com site, like if you had the same articles on the .com, like some people do because their WordPress isn't configured correctly, then that's an issue. Right. One of them won't show at all. It'll be supplemental. Uh, but in your case, you're using two totally different domain names, two totally different extensions, and two totally different countries. And so I don't think your dupe content issue is going to be a problem. Be, that will be a problem. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. Now, having said, we don't think it's going to be a problem. We <laughs> don't know for sure, right? <laughs> so as always, make sure you test it. And the way that you want to test it is set your browse, do a Google search from the .ca Google version and from the .nz. Mm -hmm and look for things relevant to the articles that you have duplicated in both places. Exactly. Um, and if you think, and in fact, if you've got more, if you've got three is an ideal situation, because what I'd really do is do one on Canada, one on New Zealand, and then one on both, mm -hmm. and then make sure that the rel you know, that they're placing well for the terms you're targeting, make sure they're kind of reasonably equally competitive, mm -hmm. and then make sure, okay, the one that was only in Canada, when I search the relevant term, it shows up, you know, first page, the one that's only in New Zealand, same first page. And then when it's duplicated, they should be in a very similar position on both search engines. If they seem to be suffering some sort of penalty, then you really have your answer then well, that you might And then luckily, make. if if indeed if indeed they are suffering some sort of penalty, uh, you, I mean, you will get a notification. Yeah. Like Webmaster Tools will tell you, hey, this was blocked because of manual spam or dupe content or, or whatever it is. Right. And so, you, luckily, you will have access to that type of information. Yeah, and I think it, really what I was talking about is if the supplemental is causing some challenge mm, as okay. opposed to an actual penalty. So, uh, so that's the right test to do. We think that's the right approach. Yeah, that's um, how we would do it, frankly. We, that's what we would do with a client. <laughs> if you came to us as a client, that's what we would do. We'd test it, make sure it doesn't suffer any sort of um, uh, duplicate content penalty, and then move on. That is the potatoes of our podcast. Now it's time to get to the meat. Yeah, so today's meat, man, um, a pretty good article. I found this article on Search Engine Land. Search Engine Land. Good article here. This one was posted by Tim Ash. And so Tim Ash, uh, actually, Ash, A-S-H. Tim Ash. Yep. Yeah. Tim Ash, he says, uh, show me the money. Six steps to optimizing your payment process. Oh, nice. I thought this was cool because I got a personal e-commerce site I work on. Uh, we have some people come in recently talking about e-commerce right. sites. And, you know, we have a couple we manage here. And so, um, you know, anytime you can make it easier for people to check out, it's definitely worth getting into it. Absolutely. And so um, he goes on to say, you know, your payment stage, I like this quote here, your payment stage is where visitors become buyers. Yep. <laughs> and so and I totally That's agree That's that demarcation. Yeah. yeah, this is where they dare... Until they check out, they're only visitors. I yeah. don't care how many products they got in the cart. If they haven't whipped the cart out or, or used PayPal or whatever, they're not a buyer yet. 
but your payment page is where that happens at. And so in regards to his six steps, number one, he says, um, optimize for clarity and usability. He says, uh, keep your payment form short, simple, and clear. Reduce clutter on your payment form by including only elements that are absolutely necessary for the transaction and don't require special formats like for credit card numbers and things like that. All of those tips are really, really awesome and I totally agree. What you don't want to do is make it um, difficult for people to check out. You don't want people to have to find where the button is or realize what are all these forms for or be distracted by other CTAs and social stuff and sharing options and or newsletter subscriptions and all kind of other stuff. Don't clutter your checkout page. Make it one thing you can do on this page. That's checkout. Yeah. And so you make that easier by creating big buttons is what I'm adding to this. Um, big buttons that, that match your color scheme, of course, that stand out, um, that they're easy to use. Uh, and make it very clear what the next step is, right? So somebody's added something to the cart and now they're at your checkout page, the next step is enter your details. Let that be known. This is what it is. Make it easy to do. Uh, big fields, lots of spacing, especially if you uh, get mobile commerce. You don't want people to fat finger stuff, which I think is just like tip number five. Um, so, yeah, number one, optimize for clarity and usability. Um, I, the second part of that he said was usability. I think that's key. A lot of times we focus on closing the actual deal and, and not really focusing on how to close that deal. This site has to be usable. It has to be functional. You know, if you're selling products, give people uh, ways to expand the product and see multiple versions of it, the top, the side, the back, the bottom, you know, the inside, the outsides, whatever features it comes with. Make it extremely user-friendly so they can see that information really, really quickly yeah. uh, because you need that in order to build that confidence so they can continue to check out. Yeah. So that was number one, optimize for clarity and usability. Um. Oh, then oh, number two. Oh, one thing I did, I'll add to that as well in regards to the usability. Uh, give people an option for previous orders. So how many times oh, have you yeah, logged on? Man. And if I knew my previous order, I would just place it again or buy the accessories for it. I'm, I'm almost at a type where I might not even know the details of my previous order. But yeah, yeah just give me what I got last time. Because yeah. I'm sure I need it. I'm pretty sure I need yeah, it. I ran it's, out. <laughs> exactly. So, so give people that option. Number two, he says, um, address security concerns. Make sure your payment page looks consistent with your entire website and is professionally designed. We can help you with that, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, and he's totally right. If people don't feel secure, then they're really not going to pull out that credit card. They're not going to pay you at all. I don't care how much they like your site, how bad they really need your product, how cheap you have it, how great your free shipping is. If they're not comfortable because of some fear over security, especially with, you know, the Dairy Queen this week got hacked, you know, yeah. and 60,000 accounts and Home Depot before that and Target before that, people are becoming more and more cautious about where they use their billing information. You need to be secure. How do you be secure? Norton, Verisign, like these badges should be on your site. They should be prominent. People recognize them. People identify with them. They know that that means secure. Yeah. If your site is e-commerce, you should be on a secure server. HTTPS should be there. People are learning now. You were more educated consumers. They know to look. And the browsers now have made a lock. You know, yeah. They made it really obvious. That this site is secure. And so if you're running e-commerce, uh, you, you must do those things in order to, to get over that fear of security um, for your site visitors.
I skipped one. Number three. Number three was offer multiple ways to pay. I really oh, like yeah. this one. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes I may not... I may not be comfortable putting my card in, right? Right, because I, I and you've maybe addressed my security issues, but since maybe I have a few dollars in my PayPal account or in my Google Wallet set up with yeah. my checkout, or maybe I'm Apple Bitcoin. Pay or Bitcoin yeah. or whatever it is, offer multiple ways to pay, and so that way whoever is concerned, right, yeah. <laughs> about using their credit card information. They can use one of these other methods. That uh, afford an additional layer of protection. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I say this, consider, before you do that, consider the devices of the people who visit your site. The analytics way. You go yeah. into analytics, you go under mobile, overview, and then you'll see like desktop, mobile, and tablet. And then look at your users, right? If bulk of your users are mobile, then go a step further and look at what type of mobile. Right. And if both of those are Android, then you definitely should be offering Google, Google Wallet. Wallet. Right? Yep. If both of, most of them are Apple, then make sure you have an Apple Pay icon. If you got a mix of stuff, make sure you include PayPal and things like that. And so I think the key here is being aware of the type of visitors you have and so you can know what best to offer them in order for them to check out. Number four. Fat finger challenges. <laughs> I like this one. He said a few things under fat finger challenges. Minimize the customer's effort by using technology to pre-fill information. No doubt. Totally, especially on a mobile device. Last thing you want to do on a mobile device is have to type in name, email, phone number, this, you know, and twice. twice. Yeah. You, you don't want to have to do that. That's a turn off. Yeah. That's a turn off almost on a desktop. It's yeah. definitely a turn off on a mobile device yeah. or a tablet. Um, visually reinforce the mobile shopper's sense of security with well-placed badges, icons. That's right. what we are just speaking about. I like this one. Domino's does this well. Show progress indicators. Yeah. Right? So you, you know add how it to much, cart. Yeah. yeah, you know you're almost there. One more step away and I'm done. Yeah, I got my pizza. Exactly. Or I got my new Amazon tablet case or yep. whatever it is yeah. you're ordering. Right? Um, so, so I thought that was pretty key. One of the things I added was, um, oh, well, so number five. Understand the needs of international customers. This is key because we do international yeah, commerce here. We got a, a different business yeah. we work in. And uh, that's important when people are visiting your site, especially when you run into issues with like credit card processors and things like that. They just may not process that type or there may be some difficulty doing that. And so he says, uh, if you currently don't process international orders, Say so up front. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree. What he's doing is addressing a potential customer service issue ahead of time. Right. You tell people, look, I don't, I, I, I can't take your money. I'm sorry. You let them know that up front, then that way they won't spend that time, time going through your site and adding to the twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, speaking, he said that twice. I'm going to say this, and that wasn't even on here. But um, give them a box. Use the same address as shipping or billing. Yep. And that way you won't have to fill that out twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I said, I added this, um, lay out the rules of international purchasing, right? If you get a, a large um, traffic to your site, international traffic, and they purchase, it's worth you creating a page specifically for them yep. that just outlines the process. Look, it's going to take this long. You're going to have ship to- ship only slow. We it, it, only signature required. That kind yeah, of stuff, give yeah. them the rules up front. So at least that way they know. Yeah. And then, frankly, you should include a link to that same page on whatever com- com- uh conversion-related email that they get. That, hey, here are the rules to how this international shipping and stuff yep. is going to work. Set the expectations. Definitely. Um, last one, number six, speed up 
payment processing. Amazon is good at this. Oh, they, they're you great at it. Click a button, you're like, oh, it's done. I'm done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he says when customers finally click that place order button on your site, do they end up watching a spending circle for 5, 10, or even 15 seconds before being taken to a confirmation page? Which, by the way, that's the word I was looking for earlier. Confirmation yep. page. The longer the spending circle goes on, the more anxious the customer gets. And that is so true. Yeah. It's spending on the whole Lord, especially after I just put my billing information yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, oh. Now it's frozen up. Do I do it again? And then I don't purchase. know if it's frozen. Is yeah. it really frozen yeah. or is it your cart just really, really slow? And so that's what he's saying. Speed up your payment processing. Um, what I like to do to kind of alleviate that is add some messaging to the payment page. Hey, we're processing your order right now. Um, give them something to do. Give me a moment. In the minute, you'll be presented with blah, blah, blah. And while, while you're at it, like us on Facebook. Exactly. And a separate link. And a separate link and that it, it takes it, them it, off to a whole other window because you really can't close that page. Right? So, yeah, give them some things to do while they're there while, to keep them distracted. Maybe you even put a, a video. Yeah. embedded on the payment page yeah. that just re upsells them to related products or whatever so they can watch the video while it's loading and processing. Um, so that was it. Cool. Uh, punch in the face to Tim Ash, man. He says... Uh, Mr. Ash. Mr. Ash, show me the money. Six steps to optimizing your payment process. And you know, um, that was a... Well, that was a pretty good article. I'm yeah. pretty sure you could have put a lot more things in there, like, you know, faster carts or making sure that you give people the option to guest log, guest checkout, or, right. you know, there's all sorts of things you could do to improve your, your whole e-commerce procedure. In fact, uh, you should be revisiting it probably once a month to kind of look at it, go through the purchase process yourself again, mm -hmm. see if there's a way to speed it up. Maybe have a couple people do it yeah, while you're let, watching let, them. Yeah, different types of people. Young person, millennial, baby boomer. Yeah. You know, because they're all going to have a different experience. Yep, Get absolutely. Some cool. So I think we have some what news? Oh, yeah, we do have some what news. What? Yeah, so this is what, um, this is what goes to Mr. Satya or, or Satya Nadella. He's the CEO of Microsoft. Really stuck his foot in his mouth. Uh, he was at the conference. They was at a marketing conference. Okay. And he was uh, being interviewed, and so they asked him a question about. The question was, "How do you feel about women asking for a raise?" Okay. Yeah. He went on to say, "Is not, and this is quote quote, is not really about asking for the raise, but knowing and having faith that the system will actually give you the right raise as you go along." Not asking for a raise, he added, is good karma and would help a boss realize that the employee could be trusted and should have more responsibility. Man, that guy has an issue. Has a, he has like a totally <laughs> other issue. So, so dig this. Wow. So after he did that, he immediately got attacked on social media. Everybody went wow. at him like racist and feminist and this and that. And, and then he retracted and he released some statements and put out a whole post about how he was all the way wrong and that's not how he meant it and that women should ask for raises and, and equality and equal pay is deserved and this and that. I can see the first part of that sentence kind of meaning from the perspective I, of... I, I, I can understand the, right, the the system where it came from. Be, the system should be right. You shouldn't be asking for a raise in general. The second one co-signs on that. You shouldn't be asking for a raise in general, which I totally disagree with. Like, yeah, if you like, feel like you need a raise and you've been working hard, then ask for it. The world is a negotiation. <laughs> the exactly. world is a negotiation. So ask. And you're never going to get anything if you don't ask. And by the way, exactly. if they have a problem, if you ask, it's their problem. It's their, not, not yours. your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah and if they get offended because you ask for a raise when you know you're not, it's different. 
if you're showing up late, you, you're half-assed performing, <laughs> you're not doing your job, you have a bad attitude, your customer service sucks, don't come asking for no raise. Right. But. And probably not month after month after <laughs> month. If you get one, maybe wait a little while, yeah. whatever. But if you're performing, you're doing what you have to do, you're excelling, you're actually overperforming, and you know that, and you know they know that. And look, if you want that raise, you better go ask yeah, for go, it. Yeah, go ask for it. So it's not forthcoming. Yeah, so uh, like my boy Charlemagne would say, man, give him the biggest hee-haw. You probably don't listen to The Breakfast Club, but you know what I do. Yeah, so this is what news was to him. What? Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, and then we uh, got word of the week. Word of the week. So this week's word is usability. Right, usability. usability. All right. It's basically the ease of use and functionality of something man-made. In this case, it could be a website, maybe a landing page, or an app, or anything like an that. IPhone, an iPhone, okay. a device, the usability of it. How easy is it to use? How functional is it? And so take this with you. Whatever you're doing, whether it's marketing, whether it's your site, whether it's a new device you're creating, whether it's your product, your service, think about the usability. And Frankly, make it as high as possible. Yeah, especially for your site. You know, usability is is, is an algorithm. Is <laughs> part of the Issue, algorithm. Yeah. How how you how user friendly is this site? Does it have the right elements? You know, is the form easy? Does it load fast? Is this content visible across different platforms? You know, that's important. All that's for usability. So that's our word of the week, man. Cool. All right. Well, that is the meat of our podcast. This is podcast number 253. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for making us the most popular internet marketing yep. podcast on iTunes. We did broadcast live from 5999 West 34th Street, Suite 106, Texas, Houston, Texas, 77092. Uh, until the next podcast, my name is Chris Burris. Charles Lewis. Bye-bye for now. Slightly raised up eyebrow, highbrow. Headed my way, cool as mountain snow, girl, glow, girl, and shining, needing some play. Where have you been all my life? Something pure yet so refined. I'm gonna find my gold mine. I think she's gonna set me free.